This is Emily. And this is Sarah. And this is Sisters Take a Side on the DC Snipers Part 2. Hey, girl. Hello. We're here. We're here. We are not at our best. <laughs> We're... <laughs> We're here. We may be on the struggle bus, but we are here. If it sounds like there's an elephant sitting on Sarah's chest, it's because she has a terrible cold and is recording anyways. Thank you, Sarah Bear. Of MVP. course. Um, it's recording oh, day. We couldn't miss this. It's part we two. Could not, I know. We could not miss this. It, we're recording at like the, like the middle of the night to get this done. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> we just have to do it. So here we are. Um, we are doing part two of our coverage of the DC snipers today. Yeah. Um, But before we dive in, Sarah, where can people find us if they want to like hear more, see more, just, you know, that is such a great question. Um, (laughs) you can find us on Instagram at sisters, take a side underscore podcasts, podcast, podcasts, podcasts, podcasts. Well, we only have one podcast, so <laughs> singular. Are you kidding? Me? I could not even do. One, I couldn't do another one of these if we I can, tried. We can barely. We can barely, one. barely. We are hanging on one. by a thread. <laughs> yeah. So, um, follow us on Instagram, um, and if you want to um, shoot us an email, we've actually gotten a couple of listener emails, which is so fun for us. We love it so much. We literally had like a total. We fangirled over ourselves this week. Over ourselves. Yeah. So if you so. want to, like, make our days, oh, my God, um, send us an email at sisters.take.a.side at gmail.com. And, Dad, I know you hate that email address. Thank you. I know. Sorry, Dad. We know it's long. But um, send us some emails. And, hey, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll do a recording of us fangirling over ourselves when we get (laughs) well what i was thinking and actually this was a suggestion from one of our listeners is that we should start taking listener questions at the end of the episodes i would Um, love that so if you're just like dying to know you know anything who wouldn't be to be honest i mean who wouldn't want more of this content Okay, well, now that we've plugged our own podcast in a way that probably makes no one want to listen to it, um, (laughs) here we are. Um, Again, trigger warning for just, like, terrible shit, guys. I don't know what to tell you. Um, Mass shootings, gun violence, abuse of children. Domestic domestic, violence. Yeah, domestic violence. Just, it's all bad. So, here we go. Um, Sarah, tell us, where did we leave off? Where, who, where are we? Who are we talking about? Where are, where are we? Should I say that one more time? Where are we? One more time um, for the people in the back. Okay, so <laughs> last week um, we were introduced to the king of all assholes, John Allen Muhammad and Lee Boyd Malvo, the two suspects in the DC sniper um, attacks. Um. So we left off, um, the king of all idiots decided to return to the United States after kidnapping his three children. Fucking idiot. Um, he returned from Antigua because that's apparently a really hot spot to go. Um, tried to enroll them in school, which, hey, (laughs) um, you're going to get flagged for that because they've been 
marked as missing. Just marked as missing? Reported as missing. Marked? What, what is this? Like a lost pair of shoes marked as missing? <sighs> Sorry. This, I'm blaming any Nicole is <laughs> Usually um, we call Sarah Champagne Sarah when she's had like one or two drinks. She is – today she is Nicole Sarah. <laughs> Champagne Sarah on steroids. Champagne Sarah is here to play. Oh, shit. Okay. We got to go. We got to get through this before you <laughs> we, fall asleep. We have an hour tops at Jesus this. Christ. Okay. Um, so we learned that while this case – um. You know, a lot of people call it a terrorist attack. A lot mm-hmm. of people call it um, a mass shooting. But really, at its core, it's a domestic violence case. And I think you're going to tell us a little bit more about that this week. Yes. Very awesome. good. Ooh, you set that up nicely. Nice job. Girl, I got it's you. like you do this or something. <laughs> um, okay. So where we left off last week, um, Lee Boyd Malvo had just shot and killed Kenya Cook, the niece oh, of right. Isla Nichols. Yep. Um, so remember, Isla Nichols was the business manager for him and our best friend Mildred um, when they owned the mechanic shop, right? That's right. And right. They, Isla and John – I don't know, Kenya, what is that? John's his John. first name? Yeah. Isla and John did not get along. Right. They were not copacetic. So, and, you know, I have to say in kind of like a sad, like, I don't know, that originally, like, so Kenya Cook was herself the victim of domestic violence. She had an abusive ex-partner. And so they initially think that that's who killed her. And I just think that that, like, right, like, uh, I don't know, just all the women in this story is just, it's just hard. Yeah. Yeah. I so like this. no, it's not good. Um, okay, so we're now going to kind of dive into this weird eight month period bef- between their first murder, Kenya Cook, and the you know DC sniper attacks, and like a lot of accounts really brush over this, like oh, and then they just like showed up in DC, and I'm like, no, girl, that is not what happened. So mm. here we go. Okay. So we'll get. He's on the other side of the country, isn't he? Yeah, and, like, yeah, eventually they make it to D.C., but they do all kinds of such just, like, weird shit before they do that. So stay tuned. So initially they drive down to L.A., and Lee later admits to killing someone while they're there. Like, he just – when he's later detained by police, he admits to shooting and killing someone in L.A., but the police have never been able to, like, tie this to an actual murder. Like, they – so the police are kind of like, I don't even know that this actually happened but, like, why is my guy confessing to a murder he didn't commit? I don't know. So Because he's an asshole and he lies. Oh, yeah. I forgot in my recap. He's a, the biggest liar on the face well, of the okay, planet. Well, okay. Ta- you're talking about John Allen Mohammed. This is oh, Lee Boyd Malvo. Bad. I mean, okay. Lee Boyd Malvo is also an asshole. But Fine, it's a little but- more complicated for him. <laughs> just, there's shades of gray there There's for some, me. some mitigating circumstances. Maybe, yeah. I don't know that I want to be on record saying that. Uh, cut that. Cut that. <laughs> okay. Surely cut that. <laughs> so they do this maybe murder in L.A. Um, next, they end up in Arizona because John's sister lives there. Again, like, what are these two doing? I don't really know. But they claim responsibility for another murder. So Jerry Taylor was shot with a high-powered rifle while he was out golfing, and then his body was dragged into the woods where he was then robbed. So this case went unsolved for a really long time, 
And again, this is another one that Lee admits to after the fact. And here's what I think is really interesting. So Lee admits to this because Jerry's daughter, like after the DC sniper stuff, right? Jerry's daughter calls Lee, like pay phone in prison or like writes him a letter. Like she somehow gets in contact with him and is like, hey, my dad was killed by a sniper. Like, was this you? And Lee was like, yes, yes, that was me. And like, I just, so like part of me is kind of like, yes, he probably did do this. But another part of me is like, Lee is such a people pleaser, right? Like he is just constantly trying to give people what they want. Like there's a part of me that's like, did he admit to doing this just like because this woman reached out to him? Yeah. I mean, he's been groomed by John now for how many years? Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so I, again, like, they were in the area at the time. Like, that is confirmed. Like, there's definitely some evidence that this was them. I don't know. I don't know. So those are kind of two other murders that they have claimed responsibility for. Hmm. So at this point, they leave Arizona and they take a bus back to Billingham, Washington, And notably, on this bus ride back, John and Lee steal the bus driver's purse and they'll they'll later use her her credit card as part of their ransom demands. I have on my notes, LOL, do we not understand how credit cards work? Yeah, what does that even mean? Well, keep your pants on. We're going to get to (laughs) how they thought this was going to work, which is, like, just unbelievable. So... Again, we kind of have some murders that are, like, tangentially linked to John and Lee at this point. Um, so in May 27th in Texas, Billie Jean Dillon is killed with, again, a high-powered uh, rifle. This case is still unsolved to this day. Um, but, again, based on, like, other evidence of where John and Lee were at this time, like, they're just, like, wandering around the country. Like, so – yeah. Um, uh, this is another – this falls in the category of, like, maybe they did do this. Maybe they didn't. Uh, okay. I, I don't know how, how how I feel saying this. So, again, we're blaming all of this on the mic well. But I kind of feel like now we're just, like, taking shots in the dark. Like, mm-hmm. so for, for anyone who was, yeah. who was a victim of a, a sniper rifle, are we going to – like – Yes, I think that's We're fair. We're just but dumping it into their their boatload of crime. Well, but think of how rare it is to be killed that way. Like, it is kind of an... Why are you making that face? Well, I'm sorry, Sarah. Like, you know, like, I don't know. Like, what's the... Well, so think... of Okay, and again, this is like a quote from Michael Hobbs from um, You're Wrong About. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm not getting this exactly right, but I do attribute this kind of thought to him. You know, he made the point of like, well, how often, like, it's so rare that people are murdered by someone that they don't know. Like, it's very rare to be murdered. And, like, the police not be like, oh, yeah, well, it was this person. that Right? Like, I mean, again, I don't even know where the statistic comes from. But, you know, they always, like, the most dangerous person to you, the most person most likely to murder you is your spouse. Like, statistically speaking. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I. Do you see what I'm saying? I totally see what you're saying, and I it's not that I disagree, but I think, like, I also think it's kind of, like, shitty police work to be like, mm. well, <laughs> yeah. well, those those two crazies were running around. I mean, like, not to make, I'm not, not that I'm making light of it, no. but, like, I just feel like, 
Like, let's look a little bit harder. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Well, so Sarah's on the side of the DC snipers. Okay. What? <laughs> no, I'm not on their side at all. I'm just saying. Like, that just feels like a stretch. When were they in Texas? Like, so this, the, again, like, basically they would have take they would have left Arizona where they killed the guy on the golf course, taken the bus back to Billingham, and then somehow meandered their way down to Texas within, like, a couple weeks after that. And then meandered their way back to Washington. Okay. So I don't know. I, okay, I don't know. So Washington by way of Texas, come on. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, this is always, like, that's what I mean. People, like, breeze over this part of, like, the story of just, like, well, and then they just one day appeared in D.C. And it's like, no, they didn't. They, like, wandered yeah. around the country like vagabonds for months, which, I mean, they were, I guess, technically. Yeah. So, I have been thinking about this case all week since we mm -hmm. did the last episode last week. And there's so much about this I didn't know. Girl, you don't – okay. And I don't even know the half of it. You We're better not have been one. reading ahead of my notes. Because I haven't been. To... But, like, I didn't know anything about Mildred. I didn't know anything yeah. about his children. I didn't know anything about Lee's past. I didn't mm -hmm. know that they weren't from this area originally. Like, Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of stuff here. Okay. All right, Nyquil, cool, Sarah. Keep your pants on. Sorry. Right. Do it. I'm, okay. I'm, 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 I'm in here. Let's do this. <laughs> Great. So now we're in early August. Okay. They are back in Tacoma, Washington, and they have a falling out with a guy that they've been kind of like sleeping on his couch. Like they've been kind of like in and out of this guy's house for like literally years because John was possibly having sex with this guy's wife. Like classic John, I guess. I don't know. Color um, me surprised. So at this point, John tells this friend that he wants to steal explosives to blow up the Pentagon. <laughs> and mind you, this is August of 2002. So this is less than a year after 9-11. And my guy's out here talking about blowing up the Pentagon. Like, I just... <laughs> Wait. I wish Sorry. you guys could see my notes right now. I have so many question marks in this, like, paragraph <laughs> that I have here. Like, I don't... <laughs> well, and like, okay, so he's sleeping with this friend's wife... And then he just turns around, pulled his pants up. Oh, hey, by the way, I, I guess I want to blow up the Pentagon. Like, what, I, what is I, going on? Dude, I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> or did this guy make up this stuff about the Pentagon because he was mad that John was sleeping with his wife? I, tr I truly have no idea. I have no clue. <laughs> if Tomothy ever has an affair, I am going to go on the record and be like, well, I think she is going to blow up the Pentagon, guys. So. I mean, what are we actually doing here? I don't know. This is ridiculous. So, okay. okay. So now, so that's kind of John and Lee's meandering period, right? So they're kicked out of this guy's house in Tacoma, Washington. So then they truly do start making their way, like, across the country. And on September 5th in Clinton, Maryland, Paul LaRufa – I'm sorry, Paul, if I mispronounce that. Paul was leaving the restaurant he owned around 10.20 p.m. when he was shot in the chest while he was sitting in the car. Um, the shooter ran up and stole his briefcase with about $3,000 in it. Um, Paul did survive this attack. Um, and, again, this happened in Clinton, Maryland, where Mildred lives. Interesting. Okay. So, so now I have a sidebar here I have to tell you guys about. How the actual fuck did John figure out when Mildred was living? Because remember, she had a lifetime restraining order against him. She fled from Washington State to the East Coast to get away from this dude. Like, how did he figure this out? Let me tell you. Let, I'm going to tell you how, and I'm going I'm to try not to explode while I do it. Okay. John found out 
that Mildred moved to Maryland using a father's rights group, to which I say, excuse me, what? Who helped him, like, dig up her address. Wow. What? Uh, <laughs> what is this? Pros, pros before hoes, huh? I cannot. So, of course, this is why the D.C. area is chosen for the attacks. Are you laughing at your own jokes? Because <laughs> you, you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that wow, happened on... that's unbelievable. Yeah, so that's September 5th. So at this point, John and Lee go to New Jersey to buy a car, and they settle on a 1990 Blue Caprice. Um, so they drive this car back to D.C. and start scoping out Mildred, like, much more closely. They start casing the s- school where their kids... where his kids Ugh. go. They're, like, hanging around Mildred's house... And at one point, Mildred's neighbors actually call the cops because they see this blue caprice and they're just like, who the fuck is this creep? What is that? Like, what is this? And obviously, like, like, nothing's done about that. Of course not. Because, you know. Right. So I want you to pull up, pull up the old Goog machine. I want you to Google blue caprice. 1990. Yeah. Blue caprice. So this is the car that they are going to use to carry out these attacks. So... Give that a little goog. Of course, first thing that comes up. D- yeah, Beltway sure. Sniper, is, is DC the, sniper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, so like, what do you like? What God, do you think? So ridiculous. <laughs> um, I had a dance teacher who drove mm-hmm. a car that looked just like this. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it's like an old person car, don't you think? A thousand percent. Yeah. 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 I mean, okay. Well, so there you go. Okay. So um, now, yeah. So John and Lee are back in the D.C. area with their blue caprice creeping on Mildred. Okay. On September 14th in Silver Spring, Maryland, around 10 p.m., Rupaneered – oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. Rupaneered Oberioi – oh, gosh – Who's I'm 22 go years Rupinder. old? Rupinder. What? Rupinder Oberoi. Wow. <laughs> All these years in HR is really starting to pay I'm off. T- I'm Say telling you. you. Okay. You're welcome. So he is 22 years old and he is wounded after being shot outside a Hillendale uh, beer and wine store. So and the next day on September 15th in Brandywine, Maryland, again around 10 p.m., Mohammed Rashid, who is 23 years old, is shot and wounded while um, closing up Three Roads Liquor. So, again, like, no one is connecting these shootings at this point. No one's really sure what's going on. Um, so far, all of these people have survived, right? So mm-hmm. these people are just kind of, like, critically wounded. So now this is, again, a part of a story I don't think anyone knows. At this point, Lee and John go down to Atlanta. Did you know this? No, I had no idea. Yeah. So they go down to Atlanta and they kill two people in Atlanta. So uh, Mimi Tedesi and her friend Million were closing up a liquor store in Montgomery, Alabama, where they worked. Where when Million was shot twice in the upper back and once in the back of the head, um, his wallet was stolen and he died 11 hours later in the hospital. Um, The next day, Claudine Parker and Kelly Adams were leaving the liquor store where they worked when they were both shot as well. 
Um, Claudine died almost immediately, and Kelly actually survived the attack. Um, interestingly, and this will be important later, they found a gun magazine, like I guess like guns and ammo, like I don't even know. But they found a gun magazine at the crime scene, and a partial fingerprint was lifted off of that magazine. Wow. It's like, I, like, like magazine is the actual like paper product, not like a magazine and like part of the weapon are you glad oh. i clar- are you glad i clarified that for you? yeah i am actually <laughs> that's helpful so yeah so that happens both of those shootings happen in montgomery alabama i don't have any information on why they chose alabama like i i don't i don't know why and i just realized i'm looking back at my notes i said they went down to atlanta they didn't go to atlanta my friends i'm sorry they went to alabama oh, wow. well, hot dummy <laughs> Um, okay. So okay. at this point, can I ask a quick question? Yeah. Sorry. Quick question. No. We're saying that like, at this point, none of this is connected. However, Correct. one, two, three. So, to, yeah. There was three shootings in Maryland and two shootings in Montgomery, Alabama so far. But all outside of a liquor store. Yes. Yes. And we're not going to piece that together well okay 10 minutes ago you were like oh what every shooting we're gonna blame on the dc snipers yeah, but i'm just saying like that just seemed all right all right okay yeah so it yeah these are not they just haven't been connected to this point and it's so interesting to me because like none of these are considered part of the like oh they went on a three-week crime spree and you know shot 10 people right like none of this is considered right. in that which i think is so interesting i mean these are people that they critically wounded and killed i mean this right. is right yeah mm. so okay so at this point they leave alabama not atlanta <laughs> hashtag two different things thank um, you and they go to louisiana so on september 23rd hong in ballinger is leaving the beauty store where she works in baton rouge and was shot and killed um, and this is the first time a witness comes forward and says that they saw a large, dark car drive away from the scene. Mm. Remember, our guys are driving a blue caprice. Mm-hmm. Right? So on September 26th, that's three days later, Wright Williams is shot at a grocery store in Baton Rouge. And notably, this is why I think it's interesting. This is the last victim that they rob. So remember, up to this point, they're shooting these people and stealing from them. Right. Mm, right. Um. And then the MO changes completely, which I think is interesting. Um, one thought I have around why that is, is that this lead up, like this like pre-crime spree, right, was almost like their way of getting money, of getting funding, of, mm-hmm. you know, trying to set themselves up for this bigger three-week, you know, Beltway sniper plan. Uh-huh. Um But part of me thinks that that's giving John way more credit than he mm-hmm. deserves. Like, I'm not sure he's that smart. Yeah, I don't, I think, yeah. Okay. I don't think so either. So at at this point, according to Lee, um, Lee Boy Mavo's biography, John tells Lee that the plan right now is they're going to go back to D.C. They are going to commit 25 murders a week for four weeks. And then they're going to murder a police officer. And at that police officer's funeral, they're going to use explosives to kill funeral attendees. Um, And they also have plans to murder and shoot children, up to 10 children a day, and pregnant women. So this just, like, escalated 
Real quick. I mean, what the hell? So at this point, according to Lee, he um, attempts to kill himself. He um, attempts to die by suicide. Um, one account I read says that he basically played like Russian roulette and the like after like three or four times, he was just like, oh, OK, fine. And just kind of like gave up. Um <laughs> So, I mean, obviously he survives this. I mean, he didn't end up killing himself, but um, I think that's an interesting look at, like, the state of mind he was in at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, he's 17 at this point. Um, so, hmm. I don't know. I have complicated feelings about Lee. Yeah, I do too. Um, so, okay. So now we are heading back up to dc right they're like we're gonna do it we're going to do these 25 murders a week we're gonna kill mildred in the middle of that so that it looks like she was killed by the serial killer like here we freaking go Mm -hmm. so this is the part where like i just this makes me laugh and again this i'm not anyways this makes me laugh because (laughs) they have all these grand plans and like all of these plans are foiled by D.C. area traffic. I mean. To which, can we take a moment? I mean, can we all sit here and agree <laughs> that D.C. area traffic has put a stop to 80% of our own plans? That's exactly what I'm saying. So according to Lee's biography again, it's like, okay, we're going to kill five people today. And they, you know, carry out one or two of the shootings. And they're like, oh, shit, like okay, we're stuck in traffic. We don't have time to go do the other ones, right? Like, they are just constantly being foiled by DC traffic, and I just feel that so hard. Yeah, I mean, welcome to being a DMV, like, <laughs> fucking native. Welcome to the DC area, my guy. Um, <clears throat> so he, so now we're kind of getting into their what they're most well-known for, these through this three-week crime spree. So on October 2nd, happy birthday, Liz. Um, oh, no. Yeah, it's Liz's birthday. I know. Um, so October 2nd, in Aspen Hill, Maryland, around 5.20 p.m., shots were fired um, into a Michael Cra- Michael's Craft Store, and no one was hit. Um, that same evening, in Wheaton, Maryland, around 6 p.m., um, James D. Martin was fatally shot in a shopper's parking lot. Um, so the next day, October 3rd, is the first and only time they actually carry out five shootings in one day. So this is the only day Ugh. their plan goes according to plan, I guess. <laughs> so in Rockville, Maryland, around 7.40 a.m., James Buchanan is killed while mowing the lawn at a Fitzgerald Auto Mall. He was like a landscaper. Um, in Aspen Hill, Maryland, at 8.12 a.m., uh, pr- here, Sarah, read that name for me. You're good at names. Uh, pr- oh, my goodness, guys. Uh, Prem Kumar Walker. Prem Kumar Walker, yes. 54, um, is filling his taxi cab with gas at a mobile station when he is fatally shot. Um, and so he is the first person to be shot at a gas station, um, which will become important later. Um, about 20 minutes later, um, in, in Silver Spring, Maryland, Sarah Ramos is fatally shot in the head while sitting on a bench waiting for a ride for work. Um, about an hour and a half later in Kensington, Maryland, Lori Ann Lewis Rivera is killed while vacuuming out her minivan at a shell station. So 
This is four shootings that all take place within about three hours. Um, and so obviously this is the point where the police are like, well, shit, <laughs> something yeah. is going on here. And I do want to point out, you know, for all of John's ideology about like, you know, the system is against us. We're, you know, poor people, minorities, people of color can't ever catch a break in America. All of these people, you know, fall into that demographic, which I find so interesting. Like he was not out you know, shooting up the parking lot of Tyson's Two Mall, which right. for those aren't like is like the really like fancy ritzy mall in the area, right? Bougie mall, right? Like he is out targeting like day laborers, people working the early shift, right? Like I just think that's so interesting, like about why that might be. Yeah, and I think and- in a way it kind of speaks to his like laziness, though, right? Oh, that, like hundred percent. He's like, well, they're here and I'm here. Yeah, right? I. So I was pulling up while you were talking. I pulled up. um, I wanted to see, like, I know these places, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to see, like, what, so, like, were they progressively moving? Like, how did this Mm -hmm. work? Well, well, the traffic, well, and that's the thing, like, a couple times, like, it was that they got stuck in traffic and they were like, oh, just pull off here and let's Mm. carry out, right? Like, this was not methodical. They did not. For all, again, for all of John's big talk, this is not, he's just, like, so dumb. Like, none of this was, like, planned out ahead of time. Yeah, like, I'm looking at this map and, like, there's no, there's no logic to it. No. Yeah, they weren't, like, driving from point A to point B. No. Yeah. So... Mm. And speaking of driving around, so at this point, so it's 10 a.m. now, the fourth person has been shot. John and Lee are pulled over by the police. <laughs> the police run their plates, and because nothing comes up, uh, they're let go. There's nothing nothing to see here, mm. folks. So, Even though Mildred had all that stuff out on him? Yes, and so this is what is so interesting. It turns out. In the end, none of the things that Mildred had filed were, like, filed properly. And, again, like, someone write in about, like, the appropriate, like, legalese here. But, like, I wish you guys could see Sarah's face. But, yeah, like, the restraining order, um, the, you know, he kidnapped my kids, all of that wasn't put into, like, the police database. And this goddamn dumbass john is walking around like john is walking around here with his own id sarah like i'm not he registered this blue caprice in his own fucking name this idiot like what are we doing here (laughs) right so yeah i mean the police that's what i mean and that's what one of mildred's big points about all of this is like i gave you all the information that you needed to stop this guy wow wow right Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so unfortunately, we are not done yet. This is still October 3rd, same day, uh, in Washington, D.C., around 9.20 p.m., Pascal Charlotte, um, who is 72 years old, is killed while walking on Georgia Avenue. And I just, I was reading about this. So, Pascal was the primary caregiver for his wife who had dementia and he just, like, oh, no. really, like, needed a break. And he just, like, went outside to take a walk to, like, clear his head and oh. take a break when he was shot and killed. Oh. I know. 
That's just so sad. Yeah. So this is um, the one shooting where a few witnesses claim to see a white van leaving the scene and thus starts this just absolute mayhem about the white goddamn vans, which... Again, is not accurate. We know these guys are in a blue caprice at this point. But now the entire world is looking for a white van. Because, okay. And I want you to know that I did not know this until now. I am today years old. Oh, that they weren't driving a white van? Because we were talking when you were like, look up the blue caprice. I was like, okay, but like, when are we going to talk about the white van? Oh, my God. You're so oh, – I, okay, guys. I told Sarah to Google the Blue Caprice, and she's, like, looking at me because we we film virtually, but we can see each other. She's, like, looking at me, and I'm, like, why are you looking at me like that? I understand now. Yeah. Okay. Spoiler alert. They're driving a Blue Caprice this entire time. I am a hot dummy. Okay. Well, now you know. Now I know. So that ends um, October 3rd, right? And so at this point, the media is kicked up into a frenzy. The police are, like, it is you know, all hands on deck, everyone is freaked out, right? All of that. So the next day, October 4th, in Fredericksburg, Virginia, um, Carolyn Seawall is wounded while loading bags into her minivan again at a Michael's. So I see from your face, because you know the area. So for those that aren't familiar with the area, Fredericksburg, Virginia is a good, like, hour and a half away from Maryland, at least. No traffic. Right. Like, guys, this is a far way for them to go. Yeah. And interestingly, like, all of these other shootings have taken place in Maryland and D.C., which is right where Mildred lives. No one would consider Fredericksburg, Virginia, like, close to where Mildred lives in Clinton, Maryland. Like, that's not even remotely. No, he got on 95 South and kept driving. Right. Okay, so that happens at 2.30 p.m. So at this point, the police come out and make a press conference. Uh, I mean, they've made press conferences before, but what's notable about this one press conference is that they say, you know, guys, don't worry. Don't panic. Everything's going to be okay. You know, do not worry about your children. We are going (laughs) to protect your children. You know, don't stress. We're putting extra police at schools. And the next day, a child is shot. So in uh, Bowie, Maryland, around 8 a.m., Iran Brown, who is 13 years old, is critically wounded in front of Benjamin Tasker Middle School. And they just have this. He's 13. So and they just had this like heartbreaking description of he it was his aunt. This got Sarah trigger warning for aunt stuff here. They, it was his aunt that was dropping him off at school and he was shot as he was getting out of her car and she like went and like scooped him up off the ground and like drove him to the hospital while he was like obviously critically injured in the back of her car. I know. (laughs) I know. Why? That really puts it into perspective that time you had to put a bandaid on little Sprinkle's knee at the playground, doesn't it? (laughs) When he was looking at me with those big eyes, and he was like, "I'm not gonna cry. I'm not gonna cry. <laughs> no, no, Rara. No, 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 no Rara. <laughs> my son's called Ugh. Tara Rara. <laughs> oh, my heart hurts. Can we? Can we? Move can we on, move please? on? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, okay. Cut so, 
on October 9th in Manassas, Virginia, Dean Myers, um, who's 53, is killed at a Sunoco station while filling his car with gas. So interestingly enough, this is the murder that John will actually be executed for. I have my wow. notes. Thanks, Virginia. <laughs> Virginia. Right? Um, Virginia is for lovers. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, wow. So again, after this shooting, John and Lee are stopped by police. Um, and because the police are looking for a white dude in that white van, they are let go. It's Prince, Prince William County's finest. Prince William County's finest. We're like, girl, bye. <laughs> See you later. Wow. Okay. okay. No, that feels good. Feel really good about this. So two days later on October 11th, again in Fredericksburg, Virginia, Kenneth Bridges is fatally shot in an Exxon, Exxon suit. <laughs> okay. Wow. Am I NyQuil Emily over here? Um, he's fatally shot at an Exxon station. So you can see the pattern here. A lot of gas station attacks. Um, you know, I just, yeah, people just going about there every day. Yeah. So... On October 14th, in Falls Church, Virginia, around 9.15 p.m., Linda Franklin, who actually happened to be an FBI analyst, is killed while loading supplies into the trunk of the Home Depot. Into the trunk. All right, guys. Into the trunk at Home. (laughs) So her car has a trunk. trunk. (laughs) And she is at the Home Depot. God, I'm going to have to edit so much out of this episode. I'm just pissed about it. I'm sorry. Like when I called Atlanta, Alabama. <laughs> oh my, oh my Atlanta. Oh my Atlanta. Okay. So, um, side note here, I actually also fact checked with our, um, aunt Catherine that, like I mentioned in the last episode, our uncle Matt, her at the time fiance, now husband was at this Home Depot that day. Um, when the shooting took place. Did I know yeah. that? Um, I don't know if you knew that or not. Um, oh yeah because that's where they live yeah yeah oh Um, shit yeah and i actually and i will um if you guys are hearing this it's because i have checked and made sure made sure that this was okay to share um but i was actually talking to her that we were doing this case and she was telling me about how like in a lot of ways this was so much more traumatic for her than even 9-11 um you know she was in her late 20s at the time and Uh she was telling me about how like going grocery shopping she would have so much anxiety and fear even just like walking back and forth to the um you know store from her car and you know at one point she was coming back from the store and putting groceries in her trunk and she got back in the car and just like burst into tears just like overwhelmed by like the anxiety and fear of like doing that everyday thing and i just think that is such like an interesting you know encapsulation of what it felt like to live during that time yeah. So, mm. um, okay. So again, this is October 14th. Um, and Sarah's NyQuil is going to kick in here in like 10 minutes, guys. So we got to, we got to move. We got we to go. No, we're um, good. I'm, I'm in it to win it now. Let's do so, this. <laughs> around this time, I just, okay, guys, I have to admit this, this whole part makes me really laugh. And I think this will be like some good comic relief for you all. So, Around this time, John and Lee are trying to get in touch with the police because, remember, they, like, they want a ransom. Their whole thing is we want to call the police. We're going to ask for $10 million to be put on this 
bus driver's credit card that we stole and like we're gonna get that money right i hate this guy so well okay you'll love this then because this becomes like impossible for them to do they cannot get in touch with the police and i love this so much so they call the rockville police department and you know like barbs the poor receptionist at like rockville police department yeah for sure Hi, hello, how can I direct your call? And John is like, yeah, hi, I'm the DC sniper. Um, I would like to speak with police. And she's like, okay, great. Um, press one if you're the DC sniper. <laughs> press two if you lost your cat. Like, right? And, like, so this goes nowhere. And, like, they are, like, talking to this poor receptionist later. I have no idea if her name is Barb's. Probably not. Yeah. But she – I mean, she says, she goes, I was getting 25 to 50 calls a day from people claiming to be the DC sniper. Yeah. I mean – Like <laughs> – Right? Yeah. So then they call into their own tip line. <laughs> Just – For God's sakes. But, I can't. So again, John's like, hi, um, I'm the DC sniper. I would like $10 million. And, like, no one – this goes nowhere. No one takes this seriously. <laughs> And, like, what did he think? Like, they were just going to be like, oh, you do? Oh, okay. Know. Like, what's your account number, bro? Let me get that to you I right now. Know. Like, what did he think? What was he thinking? I don't know. I don't know. So their next plan is to call a priest, a priest, and confess to being the DC snipers So and ask the priest to tell the police <laughs> that they're trying to get in touch with them. But at this point, John's like, okay, we need to say something to get them to take us seriously, right? So they tell this priest, like, hey, girl, sup? It's me, the DC Snipers. Um, if you don't believe me, look into the two shootings in Montgomery, Alabama, right? And so the priest is like, I mean, all right, okay, <laughs> sure. So this priest, who does not get paid enough for this no has to call kidding. the police and i was like i just talked to the dc snipers they want 10 million dollars and oh by the way they're telling you to look into these shootings in montgomery alabama and this actually proves to be the break in the case because remember a partial fingerprint was left oh. on the gun magazine that fell out of lee's pocket right 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 right, right. shootings right so the police start kind of churning away at this right but while all of that's happening five days later in on October 19th in Ashland, Virginia, around 8 p.m., Jeffrey Hopper is wounded after being shot leaving a Ponderosa Steakhouse. So you know where this is, right? I have no idea where this is. Have we been there? This is closer to us than Manassas. Ashland? Uh-huh. Girl, do you live here? Is that right? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, no, I have no idea we where this is. We know people who live in Ashland. You know them by extension of me, but yes. You're making like a weird – okay. <laughs> All my exes live in Ashland. <laughs> That's why I'm in my hat in Tennessee. Okay. Um, so after this shooting, John and Lee engage in what I just consider some real like perfect creepy serial killer shit. They tack a note to a tree. <laughs> Oh, wow. I forgot. The it's 1800s a, call, they want their ransom note back. John can't get a hold of the police. <laughs> John can't turn himself in to save his own goddamn life. Literally, no. So they wrote a four-page letter complaining about how they haven't been able to get in touch with the police. 
And the, I don't know, it's so good. And so they're demanding the $10 million be put on this credit card that they stole. Um, and in this note, they demand that the police call the Ponderosa Steakhouse <laughs> at 9 a.m. sharp to get, <laughs> to talk to them. Right? We can stop. <laughs> so, but the cops, like, don't read this note in time or, like, don't, like, in the end, the of cops are like, well, Of course they don't. The cops were like, well, we just, like, hadn't processed it yet. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know whose job it was to read this note, but they missed the 9 a.m. deadline. <laughs> I also want to know, like, what steakhouse is open at 9? Who's waking up and being like, you know Girl. what I want at 9 a.m. in the morning? A steak. Girl, Why the know. hell would the Ponderosa Steakhouse be open at 9 a.m.? I, I don't know what kind of steakhouse this is. Oh my god. So they missed this deadline. And then somehow, and I just, at this point, I was like, I'm too far down this rabbit hole. I don't even know. At this point, they do eventually make contact with the police this day, right? But the payphone that they're calling from, like, the reception is so bad that they can't hear each other. <laughs> they can't hear each other. So it's like, um, yeah, hi, I'm the DC, and I, and I tend move, and the police are like, what? Huh? Speak up, girl. I can't hear you. Okay. Could you repeat that, please? Can you repeat that? We have a bad connection. So, Emily, this is right. just so like absurd. none of this goes anywhere, right? Like John is not getting this ten million dollars. The police shocking. Are like, Who is this? I don't know what's going on. Right? Like the comedy of errors here is just. I just it okay. So unbelievable. So now we're three days later. On October 22nd, we're back in Maryland, Silver Spring, Maryland, around 6 a.m. Conrad Johnson, who is 35 years old, is killed standing on top of the steps of his Montgomery County ride-on bus. So this is the last shooting. Mm -hmm. Um, So, again, while all of this is going on, um, the police were, you know, looking into the, the claims that the snipers were involved in those shootings in Montgomery, Alabama, right? And again, remember, Lee left that partial fingerprint on the gun magazine. So the police run this print through the immigration database and lo and behold, get a hit on Lee Boyd Malvo. Okay. Mm. So then they're like, all right, we got this kid Lee. Let's start like kind of fishing around Um, because he was originally booked by immigration back in Washington, right? Right. So they're kind of like poking around in Washington and they get some leads um, that like, oh yeah, this kid Lee was always seen hanging around this like weird fucking dude named John. Um, And from there, they're able to link John to Mildred, finally, right? And they're like, oh shit, this guy has a lifetime restraining order against his wife. He kidnapped his children. Oh, by the way, people in Washington are like, oh, yeah, this guy really likes sniper guns. Like, right? So they're just connecting all these dots. And it's Mildred, right? They're like, oh, his ex-wife now lives in Maryland. Like, click, click, click. Like, it all clicks for them. Right? On a serious note, and I know, like, we've we've had, you know, we made our jokes, but it, it, it is truly mind-blowing to me that, like, because Mildred's claims went unnoticed Mm -hmm. undocumented whatever you want to call it this was able to happen yeah i mean that is truly if you think about it that is truly astounding to me yeah yeah well and you know what the kicker is is 
you know, and Mildred writes about this so beautifully in her book, you know, basically that like the police didn't care. They wanted nothing to do with her when she was making all these complaints. But as soon as they were like, oh, we think you're the missing link with a DC sniper, right? They all care, right? They all show up. And here's what I think is interesting. So at this point, they don't have anything to arrest John or to get a warrant on John, right? All they have is that, like, some people say that this guy was hanging out with Lee Boydmouth, though. So what they do is they use the lifetime restraining order that Mildred had filed as a way to get a warrant for John's arrest because he purchased a gun, like, sometime in his life in Washington. And they're like, okay, that's a violation of your restraining order. We can now issue a warrant for your arrest. So in the end, they end up using Mildred and, you know, this restraining order she filed to be a reason to arrest him. But if it had been done correctly the first time, like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, the yeah. chain oh, of yes. events. Yeah. None of this would have happened. No. Yeah, that is that should be that should make people that should make you angry. Well, and not only should this have never happened, but like no one talks about it this way. Right. I never knew this. This is brand new information to me. Yeah. So at this point, they're like, okay, I think this guy, John, and his friend, Lee Boyd Malvo, are our guys. They use Mildred's restraining order to issue an arrest warrant for John. Um, an image of John is faxed to the sniper task force, um, and they begin to try to identify, um, you know, like the make and model of the blue Caprice, because again, this dumbass registered the car in his own goddamn name. He's an idiot. The king of idiots. King of idiots. So a bolo is issued for um, Mohammed and Malvo and the vehicle. So on October 24th, Happy anniversary to me and Tomothy. Um, on October 24th in oh. Myersville, Maryland, around 1 a.m., uh, just like average Joe civilian spots um, Lee and John sleeping in the Blue Caprice at a I-70 rest stop. And he calls in the tip to the police. And in just a fabulous <laughs> turn of events, this guy who calls in the tip was driving a white van. I wonder if that's where the white van thing comes in play. No, no. This, everyone was looking for a white van this entire time. Because all the profiles were like, guys, this is a creepy Ted Bundy white dude in his white van. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. What a little so, poetic justice. You know we love a little poetic justice. I just love here. it. So the FBI take them into custody at 3.30 a.m. Uh, so Finally. I mean, Jesus. So hold on. Let's go back. Okay. October 2nd, right? Yes, October 2nd to October 24th. Are you? I wish you That's all could see crazy. Sarah's brain sizzling trying to do the math on that. It's <laughs> about three weeks. <laughs> Calm down over there. Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> but there was like days in between. It's not like it was like three right. weeks of consec- right. like consistent. Right. Well, and, and what I do want to point out, so 13 people were shot, 10 people were killed. And again, this is just in that three-week span. We have other attacks that happened outside of that, right? But obviously nowhere in there was Mildred shot or killed. And no. so, right, I just think, like, he says that, like, that's his reasoning. That's why he said to do this. Well, you ha- you were out shooting 13 people. So is that just, like, a good defense story? Or has he been saying that from day one? I mean, he told Lee Boy Malvo that like, while they were still in Washington that this was the plan. But I just think yeah. it's interesting. Like, well, why didn't you do that then? 
So I don't know. Just. Yeah. So that is interesting. Now we get to like the court stuff, right? So Bring Lee, Lee Boyd Malvo confesses immediately to all the shootings. He says, yeah. it was me that shot every single one of those people. I held the gun. It was me. It was me. It was me. Anytime the police ask him about John, he like distances John from the attacks. Like he is very clearly trying not to implicate John. And, you know, he at this point, like, and I, I just feel so conflicted about this because Again, like, the mother in me thinks of this, like, teenage boy and feels, mm-hmm. like, really sad. Like, I mean, they, you know, they are saying that he's showing, like, a lot of signs of, like, really severe mental illness. He, at one point, like, soils himself in the, you know, the interrogation room. He's, like, very, like, nonverbal in a lot of weird ways. Like, making, like, hand gestures and, like, trying to communicate that way instead of using words. At one point, he kept saying, I'm sorry, Dad, over and over and over again. Like, it's just. (sighs) Well, what do I always say? (laughs) Multiple things can be true at once. (laughs) I think multiple (laughs) things can be true at one time, right? I think we can feel the way we do about him because we can recognize that there was was a lot of documented abuse. There was a lot of grooming. Yeah. Um, There was probably a lot of mental and emotional abuse. Yeah. Um but but we can also recognize that he is a bad guy in this story. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So John immediately lawyers up and doesn't say much of anything, right? So prosecutors decide to try John in Virginia since we have the death penalty. <laughs> Thanks, I guess. We don't know how I feel about the death penalty after the Jody Arias episodes. And this is what I think is so interesting. So they do so under the new terrorism law, which allows a mastermind of a crime to be given the death penalty, even if they didn't take place in the actual crime, right? So the idea being that they wanted to be able to charge, you know, terrorists who plan terrorist attacks, even if they weren't the ones who carried them out. Okay. But so, but they put John under this, right? They're like, well, this was a terrorist attack. He might not have shot anybody, but he was the mastermind. He should be given the death penalty. So, what I think is so interesting about this, because this is where, this is why, this is the direction the prosecutors chose to go. No evidence about the domestic abuse against Mildred was allowed to be brought into court. Well, that's why we don't know about it. That's why you don't know about it, because if they claimed, well, no, his motivation was domestic violence, he was out to kill his ex-wife, then he couldn't have qualified for the death penalty in Virginia. Uh, God, that's shitty, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when John goes to trial, he represents himself. Of course he does. I hate this guy. I hate this guy. <laughs> I just – I do not think people should be allowed to represent themselves. I'm sorry. You're not allowed to perform surgery on yourself if you're a doctor. You're not like – no. But you know what? For people <laughs> arrogant and ignorant ignorant enough, let, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I, that, I just – but at what point is it like, God, he's not like mentally all there? You know what I mean? Oh. <sighs> Sarah doesn't care. Okay. <laughs> no, no, that's not fair because I do. And one of the questions I'm going to ask, well, I'll save it for the end, but I, okay. it's not that I don't care. It's just that it's, I, I just, okay. Well, I'm just being stupid. So 
After um, six weeks, a Virginia Beach jury sentences John Allen Mohammed to death uh, for the murder of Dean Meyer. So remember, this is the man who was killed in Manassas, Virginia. Um, and again, they chose to charge him for that murder specifically so that he'd get the death penalty in Virginia, right? Like all the other shootings in Maryland, Maryland doesn't have the death penalty. Um, and I believe D.C. does not either um, because he killed that sweet old man Pascal in D.C. But I believe D.C. does not have the death penalty. So that's why they wanted the trial in Virginia. Um, But what about like Kenneth Bridges? He was Fredericksburg. Yeah, like why they chose this one specifically, I'm, you know, I'm not 100% sure that it might have just Maybe they had the most evidence in this. That's that's a good question. I'm I'm not entirely sure about why yeah. this one specifically. I'm yeah. Just curious. So at the same time that all of this is going on, so this is November twenty uh, fourth. Um, so at the same time all this is going on, you know, Lee Boyd Malvo is also on trial. Um, Lee Boyd Malvo's defense is that he should be found not guilty by reason of insanity because he was indoctrinated by John. Right. So this is why I think it's interesting. You have the prosecution in Virginia. Right. So the state taking two different sides. On one case, the prosecution is saying John was the mastermind. He, you know, orchestrated this entire thing. He should be given the death penalty, even though he didn't shoot the gun. But in Lee's case, the prosecution is saying, no, John was not the mastermind. Lee, Lee Boy Malvo did this. He killed all those people. He should be found guilty. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I I'm, that puzzles me a little bit. That you can do both at the same time. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. So in December, um, a jury finds Lee Boyd Mavo guilty of capital murder, terrorism, and use of a firearm in the October 14th shooting death of the FBI analyst. Um, and again, like, a, I might, maybe I'll look this up and add it to the show notes afterwards. I don't know why these two murders were the ones chosen. So we'll, we'll look that up and maybe put some information in the show notes. Yeah. Um, Malvo is sentenced to life in prison without parole, um, f- you know, following this guilty verdict. Um, so then in November of 2009, so that's what, I guess six years after the these attacks, John Allen Muhammad is executed. And I feel nothing. Okay. <laughs> Next. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, that's insensitive, but I... No, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I feel nothing. Great. So, um, so now this gets kind of interesting. In July of 2012, um, the Supreme Court decides that sentencing a juvenile to life in prison without the possibility of parole violates the Eighth Amendment. So at this point, Lee's case is brought back before the Supreme Court, and they do vacate his sentence, saying that it was a violation of his Eighth Amendment rights. So, but he's been resentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole, right? So just taking out that, you know, without parole part. So he... The last I looked, I think it was in 2022, in August of last year, he was up for parole and was denied parole. Like, yeah. I, this guy, he's not getting out of jail. No. Um, he's, he is currently serving um, a life sentence in Red Onion State Prison, which I have visited, actually. What? Um, yeah, for part of, part of school when I was getting my criminology degree, we toured Red Onion State Prison, and it was 
horrifying. <laughs> Where is it? It's in like bumfuck Virginia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah. Um so that really kind of like wraps us up. That wraps up the case. Um you know, I I, I, I'll leave it there because I want to hear kind of your final thoughts on this. I mean, as far as like sisters take a side, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm on the side of, I, you know, John Allen Muhammad, you're garbage by, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't believe in the death penalty. I right. would have been fine if he just spent the rest of his life in prison. Um, Lee Boyd Malvo, I have very complicated feelings about. I think he was a victim in a lot of ways. And I also think he committed some terrible, horrible crimes. And I think he's where he belongs. I think a life sentence in prison is is probably what is right for him. Um, and our queen, Mildred, girl, if you want to go out for a drink, you call me. Mm-hmm. You let me know, girl. Mm-hmm. I think she's incredible. I think um, – you know, she has really risen out of a horrible situation. Um, you know, she now works in victims' rights, um, you know, helping other women that have been – are survivors of domestic abuse. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's the kind of side I am taking on this. I'm sure that's not coming okay. as a surprise to anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think um, I think Lee is, is probably where he's supposed to be. You know – like I have so many, the, the psychology in me mm-hmm. has so many questions, right? Yeah. Like, did he even know the difference between right and wrong? Mm. Was he ever yeah. taught that? Yeah. Was he, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I just, ha- I just, I'm very curious about the psychology behind this. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we prevent people like John? Mm-hmm. Here's a question. Do you think what happened in 2002 Two. Mm-hmm. could happen today? Do you think this could happen today? I mean, 100%. I think this ha- – I mean, I, th- I mean – gosh, guys, we're recording this in end of January of 2023. I mean, how many – mass shootings have we seen in this month already i mean i i think this yeah i think this happens i think the kind of indoctrination i yeah i i think a hundred percent that could happen in fact i think social media might even in some ways make that a little easier right Mm -hmm. you could really like you don't need to go to antigua and run into john at the video store to be indoctrinated right you could meet john on the internet and be Mm -hmm. indoctrinated so yeah, I would say it's like more possible now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I was very clear on how I feel about John. Um, I think that guy's a dirtbag. Um, he's trash. He, you know, I, I feel nothing. Um, I am very conflicted on Lee. Um, yeah. I have a lot of complicated feelings about that. I do think you know multiple things can be true at one time. So I I agree that I think he's in the place where he needs to be with the caveat that I hope that he's getting help. Yeah. I hope that he's, you know. Well, he's married now. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Well, 
Okay. Um, <laughs> good for him, I guess. I mean, I'm, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Gosh. And, and it's funny, like, li- you know, listening back to it, like, I remember the Michael's parking lot, the shopper's parking lot, the Home Depot. Like, 100%. Yeah. You know. Well, so let me ask you then, and I, I, you know, this was kind of my annoying meta comment at the beginning of the first episode, was this idea of the way in which we talk about black serial killers versus white serial killers and why this story is not more widely known. I would love to hear, like, your thoughts on that. Um, well... I think, but but I think that's a that's two different questions. Yeah, I think that this isn't widely known because, in order for him to get the death penalty, yeah, they had to leave a good, like, a good portion of this out. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of um, his like backstory, so to of speak, his backstory and the domestic right. violence and Mildred and all of that. Well, in you know, not even to mention the fact like he kidnapped his children. Yeah, like yeah, there's also that, right? Um, you know, I also think that <laughs> and this sounds bad so you may have to cut it (laughs) i also think this kind of started a period in history of mass shooting events yeah i mean i don't i mean i think you know i mean there's some people that are like oh columbine was the fur you know i mean you know yeah there's lots of right you know So, so what you're saying is people are more desensitized to it is that what you're maybe, saying? Maybe they're more desensitized. Yeah. I, I mean, I see. Like to me, I think this is this is fairly well known. Well, but it never gets covered by like true crime media the way that like Ted Bundy or you know the Zodiac Killer does. Even though John's up here doing creepy Zodiac Killer shit, tacking notes to trees. <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah. I mean. Ah. Uh... I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. I'll be honest. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I, you know, kind of like what I said in F1, like, or, you know, part one of this is like, it's a bigger, I mean, you know, victims who are people of color are Mm -hmm. also mis, you know, underrepresented. So, yeah. You know, I think we have to look, if we're going to look at one, I think we have to look at both. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Probably right. Yeah. So okay, well there we have it. We did it. Well, that was good. So yeah, so that is sisters take a side on the DC snipers, also known as the Beltway snipers, also known as the Beltway snipers, also known as just idiots. John O'Haven can go bark up another tree. Never mind. Okay. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well that. Not even. <laughs> oh, so oh we did it. We, we did, did it. Guys, it's so late. Sarah's night quote kicked in three minutes ago. We are... I'm glad yeah. we got this done. Yeah, no, I know. I was, and I really wanted to hear like how this ended. So I'm glad we. Yeah, thanks for hanging in there with us, guys. This is was a really interesting case. Um, I'd love to know what you think about it. Shoot us an email, catch up with us on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you guys. 
Yeah. Um, Sarah, what are we covering next week? Do you even know? Or are you... Well, if it's some terrible case about someone's kid dying, I'm quitting this podcast. Um, so it's not that. <laughs> you were totally going to pick Casey Anthony, weren't you? <laughs> um, I am going to do... If you say Chris Watts, I'm walking out of here. The riveting case. Sarah, about. the hamsters in Sarah's head are just scrambling. <laughs> they are at an all wheels. time high. Um, okay, great. Sarah doesn't didn't know. write it down. Don't know, but so, it's going to be a surprise. It's going to so. hoard a plot twist at the last minute. Maybe we'll announce it on Instagram. Yeah. Why don't you? Um, yeah. Maybe we'll have you guys vote on what we do next. Are you awake? Like, I don't even know. Sarah has, like, one eye open. Okay. We have to go before Sarah falls asleep. Um, Anything else before we wrap up for today? (laughs) No, just a quick reminder. um, Don't forget to check us out on Instagram. Um, We are sisters take aside underscore podcast on Instagram. And write us an email. Um, We love fangirling over ourselves, and we love getting your emails. So (laughs) you can reach us at sisters.take.a.side at gmail.com. Yeah, guys. All right. And we will respond. We will write you back. Sarah and I have written, like, novels back to the people that have written in so far because we've been so excited. No one has Um, asked for that, but we have done it. No one wanted that, but (laughs) here it is. Coming fresh to your inboxes. (laughs) Yeah. And we get on the phone and we scream and yeah. jump around in a circle. Mm-hmm. And then we compose an email back to you from the both of us. And yeah, and we were like, do we sound cool? Do we sound like you'd want to be our friend? Do we, yes, we overthink know? it for about 20 minutes and then we hit set. Well, and we contemplate how many exclamation points do you use? You don't want to say like, we're eager. You don't want to use a fuck you period. Like, you gotta. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. I know. If I you know. got a fuck you period from us, it was Sarah. Um, excuse you. <laughs> We have to go. This is off the rails now. Sister, take a side after dark. This is sister. This is like yeah, midnight edition. Okay. Well, I'm Emily, and I'm Sarah, and this is sisters take a side.